This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 425. And the quote of the day is, taking control of your own creation, you can ultimately affect your future. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. What's going on? I hope everything is cool with you, and uh, I don't know. I'm in a good mood. I'm usually in a good mood, which uh, I guess is a good thing. So this is episode 425. We're getting up there. Getting up there. I don't know. If we're, are we going to make it to 1,000? It'd be pretty interesting. Hey, listen, if you are new to the podcast, I want to thank you for being here. And if you haven't already, you've been listening for a while and you dig the podcast, do me one quick favor, leave a rating or a review on iTunes. That helps the podcast show up higher in the search results. And it also lets people know that this is a good resource to check out, no pun intended. And it's a good podcast to listen to and that you have undying love for the host. That's me. And, um, Yeah, that's it. So if you can do that, it's free. It's easy. It'll take you about a minute. All you do is go to iTunes and you click on reviews and ratings and then you just click write a review. And that's it. It's one thing to talk about how great dream symbols are, but it's another thing to actually hear them for yourselves. And the good thing about dream is not only do they sound great, but they're also priced well below the competitor's prices. So that way you can actually afford to buy these symbols. And if you don't think you can get a great sounding symbol at a low price, check out dreamsymbols.com. But first, I want you to take a listen to what these things sound like. To learn more about dream symbols, be sure to check them out at dreamsymbols.com. And with that, I want to get into this conversation. This is with Donovan Hepburn. And for those of you who don't know who he is, he has a amazing resume that includes people like Sam Smith and Adele and Robbie Williams. And he is currently on tour with Jeff Lynn's ELO, Electric Light Orchestra. And I caught up with him in my hometown of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He is playing at the Wells Fargo Center and has a just a ton of great information about I don't even want to say information, but inspiration about going out there and doing what you want to do, getting what's yours. And if you're really passionate about something that you should stop making excuses and stop procrastinating and just go out and get what you want, whatever it is, and using the skill sets that you have. So a very, very inspirational and informative interview from Donovan. Also, side note, you may hear some not- some noise in the background, but this was recorded at Wells Fargo Center. So there's you know some tour buses in the background once in a while and you'll hear some beeping. It's not super loud, but I just wanted to let you know that's what's going on in case you're wondering. So that's that and let's get into it with Donovan. Donovan, thanks so much for taking the time to do this today. I appreciate it. No problem, man. It's my pleasure. Pleasure. It's funny. We were talking off air yesterday when I went, or was it yesterday? Yeah, we were trying to line this up, or two days ago, we were trying to line it up, and then I was looking where you would be, and I was like, oh, he's going to be in Philadelphia, in my hometown, and you are now, uh, today, you're at the Wells Fargo Center in Philly, and how how do you like touring? Um, I know that, I mean, do you guys tour a lot? I mean, are you touring internationally a lot? Yeah, so I mean, I mean, from a touring standpoint, I've been touring since the age of nineteen. So I'm on for like my twentieth year of touring now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I think as a kid, you just you you're so in the moment, and you're just like, oh yeah, this is great, and we're gonna go out, and we're gonna play gigs, and we're gonna go and party, and blah blah blah. But as I've gotten older, it's it's more about you know taking in taking in each moment now so you know whichever city we go to we try and you know find out a little bit about the culture and find out what happens in that place and go and visit that place or go and sightsee and just really try and get a more holistic view of of whichever town or city or country we we end up in so so yeah it's 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 a lot of fun i i enjoy the traveling aspect of it Although mm-hmm. it can get tired at times, I, oh, I enjoy course. exploring new places for sure. It was it's always interesting for me. I've always thought about 
you know, the difference is how I felt touring in Europe versus touring in the United States because I was born in the United States. And it's weird, right. like, the, in the beginning, for some reason, I had this weird sensation that if I was touring outside of the United States, even if there was a large crowd, it seemed like it was almost disconnected from my world because it wasn't in the country that I was born in. Or okay, that I lived okay. in, so I, so like you, you know, I felt like I could go on into other countries, and then I come home, and like, oh yeah, I was just with so and so in this country, and it's like, it's almost like it was, it wasn't validating, you know, my oh, yeah. uh, okay. my professionalism until it was like major touring in the United States. Do you ever feel that where like in the you know, did you ever feel like if it wasn't in you know in the UK that it was sort of like disconnected from your world a little bit? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. That makes perfect sense. Um, it's almost like, oh, well, you're big. You're you're big in those other countries, but not here. Almost. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. There is an a, an element of okay, does this ring true for home and where I am? Yeah, there's definitely a sense of that. And it's funny because a lot of my earlier touring was in Europe. So you know, in fact, the band I was working with, they were sort of big in like France and Germany. And they weren't that big in the UK. So, yeah, there was definitely a sense of, yeah, you know, I am a touring musician. Like, well, you know, when are you going to play London or when are you going to play Manchester, you know, as opposed to, you know, Paris or Berlin or Hamburg? It was there was definitely a sense of that. But again, as as you get older and, you know, you sort of appreciate the element of or the aspect of touring, the destination to me doesn't matter. It's about the energy that we feel mm-hmm. from the crowd in whatever country or, or town or city we're in really. So I don't know. I don't know if it's a maturity thing or just, you just, I don't know. You just take it in a lot more, you know, the older you mm-hmm. get and the longer you've been doing it really. So, so yeah. You took the word out of my mouth. I was thinking it's a maturity thing. And I think in the beginning it's an ego thing. And then as yeah, you mature, you start to lose your ego and yeah, yeah, or nobody cares anymore. One of the two, whichever you, whichever <laughs> right. way you look at it. Yeah. Or you get more yeah. egotistical as you get older, too. <laughs> right, right. There's plenty of those right. cats, too. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Plenty. How did, it, how did it all start for you? What made you want to play the drums in the first place? So I would have to put it down to um, my older brother, actually, Martin. He was, the, he was the drummer in the family. And I think it was around about... Um, I don't know the exact date. It was around about, it was early 80s, so maybe 85, I think it was. And he um, he he bought a drum kit. I remember it. It was like a Pearl Export, and it was white, piano white. I remember it. And I remember coming down the stairs in, you know, in my family home, and he had it set up in the front room. And I came into the into the room in the house, and... I remember the Hayat symbols being over my head and it was <laughs> right. just like, it was like, it was like something sort of angelic about it. And it was like, cause it was white and like, we used to have like these sort of three spotlights in that room. So when you turn the light on in that room, it just sort of shone down on this kid. And, I, and I, as a kid, I was oh. totally mesmerized. Yeah. It was literally like, I was totally mesmerized. I was like, oh my God. And it's funny because I, you know, like one of, one of the kits I play is white. And it was it was in sort of as like a homage to my brother's kit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like I just remember the feeling as a kid just going, oh, I don't know what these things are. But I was totally mesmerized by them. So, you know, as you do as a child, you sort of play on pots and pans and boxes around the houses and, you, you know, sort of make you know, make drum kits out of pillows and cushions and stuff like that. So it was de- that was definitely where the seed was sown. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, I come from a Christian home, so we played in, my brother played in church, and I would always sort of be sat there watching, just kind of waiting my turn. And um, around about sort of, I think it was like, yeah, early 90s, um, my brother and his wife were having their first child. So towards like, her due date he wasn't at church a couple of the Sundays so I sort of plucked up the courage to jump on there and have a go and sort of you know the rest is history as they say you know right. that was kind of it and how at old the age were you? of I th- at the time I think I was 11 the first time I 
you know, played in church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was kind of it. And then it just sort of grew from there. I was playing like with local sort of choirs and groups, gospel groups around, you know, the West Midlands. Mm-hmm. And then my sort of first professional gig was at the age of uh, 19. Yeah. In London. Um, and that was it really. One thing sort of led to the other and here I am, here I am sat in, in Philadelphia, you know? So yeah. It's, at the, it's been a, yeah, it's at the a, Wells Fargo center in front of whatever, you 20, you know, 24,000 people or something. Right. It's been, it's been great. It's been a great, great experience. I still, what the funny thing is, I still feel the same as I did when I was a kid, that excitement of being behind the drums. I can honestly tell it's very I can probably count on one hand the amount of times I've been behind the drum set, not in a good mood for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's that kind of, I don't know, without sounding too cliche, it is like a, a real sort of happy place for me. I feel like, you know, I really love what I do and, you know, the traveling and all the places and the people that I've worked with. You know, I feel extremely, extremely privileged and blessed to be doing, you know, what I do without, without mm-hmm. a doubt, you know, definitely. Sure. And there's, know, a, so. there's always the, the, the issue of running into, you know, the situation where it starts to feel like a job and yeah, absolutely. You, you can get complacent. And, and yeah. I think, I think that I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, you know, I think for you, it's focusing on the gratitude and, and understanding yeah. like, wow, I get without to do this every night for a living. Yeah. Without a doubt. And just realizing that if I weren't doing this, you know, or didn't, you know, didn't, you know, didn't have the opportunity to do this, you know, there's so many other people out there that, that, you know, are doing jobs they don't enjoy. And I can honestly tell you that, you know, thankfully I'm one of the ones um, who do enjoy their job. And I guess, you know, as we've been talking, like, you know, as I've grown up, my responsibilities change, you know, I'm a husband, I'm a father. So, you know, there's, there's a different, there's a different backdrop to my life. So, you know, providing for my family, making sure my kids are cool and my wife's looked after and, you know, so rather than, you know, as, as much as I recognize what I do as a job, it doesn't feel like work because I enjoy, if you know what I mean. So of course, that's yeah that's that's my my ethos on it really and you know i've i vowed to myself the day that i stop enjoying it is the day that i should stop altogether yeah. really because you know I, i'm not i'm not a massive believer in doing jobs that you don't enjoy you know but on the same token i understand that people have to do you know other types of work and stuff like that or art as privilege but you know if if you can find some enjoyment in what you do i i you know from ex- i can speak from experience it, it does make it easier you mm-hmm. know so mm-hmm. you know because as you know like you know it's glamorous for those two hours that you're on stage but there's another 22 hours that you have to fill you know it's like you know and sometimes you know we do crazy journeys early mornings late nights and you know there's all of that to contend with and you know, you just try and ride the rough with the smooth, really. So, right. You know, are you ultimately? Go on. Well, go ahead. No, I was saying ultimately, I, I, you know, hand on heart, I can say that I genuinely enjoy my job, and you know, again, feel very privileged to be able to do what I do, man. Mm-hmm. For sure. I, I was, I was going to ask if you're the type of person that enjoys every aspect of it, like for, like. For me, if I have to take a red eye and then I have to go directly into, you know, an eight o'clock thing and then I have to bounce to here and I don't get much sleep and then I got to go play the show and like that all for me is I love every aspect of it. I love all of that. Like, you know, like sleeping on the airport floor. If I have like I enjoy all that stuff, though, which makes me maybe weird. But are you one of those guys, too, where you enjoy every aspect of it? Yeah, I enjoy every aspect. If there's one aspect of it that I don't enjoy, it's that wait between getting ready for stage and the and starting. There's that little sort of fifteen to twenty minute window where you're ready. You've got your pack on. You've got your in ears in, and you're sort of like, 
okay, we'll come back and get you. That that moment there, I'm like, I just want to get on now. I want to get on because <laughs> there's all this kind of nervous energy and, you know, you almost wish that you could get ready like right behind your drum kit and then just go straight up. You know, there's... there's just start playing. You know, and yeah, yeah. But there's that little... It's like a little sort of limbo stage. So I'm dressed and I'm ready for stage, but I'm not on stage yet. I, but I know I'll be on stage in 20 minutes. It's like that little gap there and you're like, okay, you sort of pacing in the dressing room. I was going like, to say, okay, what do you do for those cool. 15 to 20 minutes? You just, you just pace and, all right, let me go to the toilet one more time. Okay, cool. <laughs> great. All right, I'm ready. Okay. Oh, they're not coming for us yet. Okay. Let me just uh, wait outside the dressing room because they'll be coming. You know, I need to, it's just that kind of, it's like a dead 20 minutes. And I yeah. wonder, I sometimes wonder if I was to add up all of those minutes through my whole career, <laughs> how long, <laughs> how long I've been waiting, you know, just to go on. It's crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. But yeah, but on a whole, I mean, traveling, like I say, I enjoy, you know, I live, I live in the West Midlands in England. So a place okay. called Tipton, which is quite central and basically all of my work comes out of london so you know if i've got to be at rehearsal for 10 a.m um i'm normally in the car at like seven in the morning driving down the motorway um so you know by day you know early starts are fine for me late nights are fine for me you know so Mm -hmm. the whole traveling thing that doesn't worry me at all I'm, i'm good with traveling and right you know yeah but like I said, you know, when I think about complaining, I just remind myself that I could be doing something that I don't enjoy. You know what I mean? Right. So, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's good. It's I, I deal good. frequently with a lot of people who, who don't play full time and either do it on the weekends or, you know, they're weekend warriors or they play at night. And I, I've talked about this, uh, at nauseum on the podcast about, the idea of changing the narrative of what it means to be a successful drummer and what it means to be a professional drummer and the idea that you don't have to be playing full time. You can still have a day gig and all that kind of stuff. And I think that I think the biggest issue that people have is that they want to be playing full time and they're in a job that they don't necessarily enjoy. And my piece of advice has always been, you know, see maybe if you can start laying the groundwork to transition out of that thing that you don't like, and maybe get it, maybe it's not playing full time, but maybe it's getting into some other aspect of the industry that you can enjoy or just another job that, that you enjoy or, um, and, uh, you know, using the, using playing as, as an escape instead of like a, instead of sitting behind the kit and being sort of, unhappy that you don't get to do this all the time rather enjoying that time that you do get to actually do that yeah well i I think it's it's again i think you coined it really because it's about what you focus your attention on and you know i heard it said so my md mike stevens he said something to me he was about it's got to be about five or six years ago he says the the definition of a successful musician is if you can live off what you do for a living and and pay your bills every month and because we, you know we, we we sometimes like defy our jobs by you know okay being really famous having loads of money it's like if you can pay your mortgage your rent you know all your your utility bills and put food on the table that's the definition of being a successful musician and it sort of che- completely changed my mindset with regards to that. Because I was like, actually, there's this—you can sort of be chasing this thing all the time that you're never, that you're, that you may never get, right? And miss out on the moments that you're in. So just by you saying that, like focusing on enjoying the time that you do play, um, I, I totally feel that. And then the other side is, like you just said, like you know, there are other aspects in the industry that that you can get involved in. Like I, I have a company that I set up about nine years ago, actually. Um, and I, I provide musicians for artists, for management companies, record labels. Um, so it's, I'm kind of a kind of an agency, but you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't sort of, you know, charge my musicians, you know, a percentage or anything like that. But mm-hmm. you know, I am a load of, 
various different projects and, you know, put bands together and, you know, put groups, put certain guys to look after bands for me in, in, in different, um, for different setups and things like that. And it's just, you know, again, that's a sign of maturity. As I'm getting older, a lot of the new bands and all the new acts or artists that are coming out, they're getting younger. So my experience as a touring musician is is better served in front of the kit than behind it now. So, you know, you know, I've spent my life listening to melodic instruments around me as a drummer. So I I understand the whole picture of how a band's supposed to be and how a band's supposed to sound and how groups of musicians are supposed to sound. So, you know, it's you know, that my whole ethos is trying to build that up. So, you know, when I do finish playing, I've got that as well. And, you know, I've sort of, you know, I have like a four, yeah, about four, four, four or five people working for me um, within the company um, that take care of different aspects of it for me while I'm away on tour and stuff. Mm. And it's that thing of, you know, not just waiting for the next gig, but almost creating your own scenario. Do you know what I mean? Of so, course. That's why I started rather, this podcast. You know, <laughs> well, there you go. Same deal. And, you, you know, there's there's a lot of people who sort of complain about not having, but the other the alternative to that is, why don't you create something? You know, there's there's other things that you could be doing that are directly linked to the industry that you want to be in and. You know, I found that, you know, for some, for whatever reason, I was, even from a very young age, I was very career minded as mm-hmm. opposed to having a hustler mentality and like, yeah, you know, I'll juggle that gig and I'll run and do, I was very much like, well, what if I was to put that band together on that gig? And this was from a young age, you know, I could still, you know, look after that project while playing on this one and, you know, and, and that's, that's how it all kind of started really and, you know, just sort of almost mentoring young musicians to come up and how to conduct themselves in various scenarios they go into, finding the right the right image and the right type of players for different scenarios. So, yeah, it's you know, it's a it's a completely different responsibility and a completely different headspace. But it's all come from you know my time in the industry and understanding what you know, artists want and what management companies want and what record labels want. So, you know, rather mm-hmm. than just like, oh, okay, waiting for the next gig, you know, I'll, you know, try and try and create something for myself really. So that's really been the idea behind it, but I totally feel you, you can sort of, you know, harp on about what you don't have rather than, you know, focus on what you do have and, you know, try and try and build something really. So, mm-hmm. And even so, if yeah, it takes yeah. you, you know, if it takes you five or 10 years to build it, five or 10 yeah, years yeah. is going to get here either way. So absolutely, you know, absolutely. you might as well work towards that thing. Do you, Definitely. do you see, do you see uh, a lack of that in the industry where guys, guys who are freelance and, and hired guns for tours where they're just, they get home and they're just sit, sitting, waiting for the next tour to start or waiting for the phone to ring yeah. and don't have anything else going on. And if no more gigs come in, then they're sort of, you know, out of luck and need to go get a job or something. Yeah, I have, I have seen it. Um, there, you know, again, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely there. Cause some people aren't as driven and some people don't make the most of a scenario when they get into it. But there's equally the other side as well, where there's some really great young players that, I mean, I've got, there's a, a good friend of mine, he's a bass player back in the UK, and he he started um, building websites, and he's sort of, you know, his niche has been building websites for people within the music industry, and I'm like, oh, well, that's genius. It's like, yeah. he does that on the side, and, you know, and I'm like, hey, that's great. He's just like, yeah, you know, it's, it's uh, when I was at college, I studied it and blah 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 and and he's really good and i'm like mate that's fantastic so you know there's there's that other side and then another friend of mine um he again he he's a, he was a drummer and he started setting up a a kind of similar thing to what i'm doing in terms of 
you know, uh, putting bands together for various artists and projects. And, you know, so there is a, there is another, another backdrop of people that aren't just sitting around waiting. Do you know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, you can't really, you can't really speak for everyone. You know, some people, right. it's, you know, there's different, you know, I know people who, who, who have invested in properties and, you know, there's that too. So, Every, everybody's different and everybody's got a different drive and stuff but I was always as you know like I said from a young age I was always very much career minded and you know I find it my one of my biggest downfalls is I don't I don't know how to rest very well you know I'm getting better at it taking holidays and but I always want to be doing something so if I'm not playing I'm sort of programming if I'm not programming I'm learning a new piece of software or you know, and mm-hmm. just trying to be, trying to stay active, you know. That's, yes. That's my thing, yeah, as opposed to just like, you know, waiting for the phone to ring or, you know. Yeah, I'm not big on sitting around either. Nah, not at so all, not, man. Not my, not not my deal. But, and, and obviously, being a parent, there isn't much time to be sitting around. So right. if I'm not on the road, <laughs> I'm doing the school run or, you know, doing the dinner or whatever. And, you know, because my wife works as well, so. There's a, there's a, there's always something to do. <laughs> yeah, right. there's definitely always something to do. So. For sure. You know, I just did a, I just released a podcast episode about, about, uh, it was like 10 tips for 10 money tips for musicians. And your this conversation has me thinking about that, about how as a musician, as a freelancer, whatever, even if you're not a musician, if you're a, an accountant, whatever, the idea of, of planning for that rainy day, because I think a lot of people, especially if someone's in a situation like yours where they have a really good gig, sometimes don't think that the gig is going to end. Right. You know, and they think it's going to last forever. And then the, the day comes where it ends and it's like, oh, what am, what am I going to do now? And yeah. sitting around, you know, wait and waiting for that to happen to, before you start to do something else is, is yeah, it's you know, it's a bad move. <laughs> mm. And it happens. It happens. It does. You know, it does. It happen. happens yeah, yeah. all the time. So let me ask you this though, and and it may be a tough question to answer, but what what do you suggest for people who? maybe aren't in your situation, right? So they say, oh, it's easy, you know, it's easy for you, Donovan, because you know all of these people or, and and you can sort of start connecting all these dots or it's easy for your bass player friend because because he, you know, he has all these connections in the music business. But for people who maybe are in a position where they're a weekend warrior and they have a full-time day job, but they're trying to transition out of it, this may not be your area of expertise, but what are your, what are your initial thoughts on that if someone brought that up to you? In terms of what, like planning for a rainy day, or, or maybe how how they can transition out of the thing that they don't enjoy and try to transition more into doing stuff in the music business. Because I get, well, I literally get this question every single day. Well, I definitely think it's about identifying exactly what it is they want to do. So, what what I would say is that we, we're in a we're in an age now where social media plays a massive part in things like when i first came to the industry okay i think there was like myspace and it was the mm-hmm. beginnings of the facebooks and stuff like that so get yourself a, a a social media handle get yourself a page you know you can get like youtube channels and all of that now so it's about branding yourself basically and putting yourself out there letting people know what it is you do um, you know, and I think it's about, I, I personally think it's about being driven and you, you can talk, you can, there's an old saying that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink it. It's definitely down to the individual. And, and what I mean by that is that you, I could, I could put a thousand gigs, some person's way. They will keep coming back for the thousandth and one. It's right. like, it's like, what what are you doing for yourself to generate more? Do you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, if, like I said, you know, just listening to you, you were like, you're a giggy musician, you started doing a podcast. It's like you, you're, you found something else that you're good at and you're trying to build it. And, but you're still, you know, if you got offered a massive tour now, you still go, 
but you can run these podcasts alongside with what you're doing and it's Mm -hmm. it's definitely a mindset for the person and if you tend to find that people who are driven whether it's you know because everyone's got their ideal scenario they want to be on tour with the most you know with whoever but it's a case of what are you doing with what you've got in front of you so you know do you can you teach can you go and you know do talks at a local college can you I don't know. It's it's you know. Can can you go and study? Can you you know? There's there's ways of sort of putting yourself out there without being too overly intrusive. Mm-hmm. You know, there's up. I believe there's there's opportunities out there for people, and you know, and then of course you know there's you know there's some people who who are just not cut out for this particular industry. But you know, you can I don't know. You can you can write about. It. I don't know. There's there's it's, I think it's it's definitely an individual thing and it's about you know be, being driven and and I think I think the biggest downfall today is that what what I've noticed there's not a lot of people coming through that are in it for the long haul it's very much about the short term and I'm not sure why that why there's been such a paradigm shift you know, I don't mm-hmm. know if it's TV or if it's media or what, whatever it is, but, you know, it's like the quickest way to get to the top. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer in, you know, the long game and really right. sort of figuring plan. it out. And, yeah. Rather yeah. than, yeah, okay, cool. I'm going to go on a TV show and get found out. And then there, there I am. Cause you know, again, I'm, I'm from the mindset of easy come, easy go. So, yep. You know, it's it's definitely an individual thing, and you know I don't want to speak out of turn and, and and you know sort of claim to know it all, but you know I remember being a, again being a kid and sitting with my parents and you know them being worried about would I be able to make a living from this, and I always vowed that if I had one opportunity, I would try and maximise that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I thought that was my vow to my parents, like right. you know. I'll make, I won't I won't mess it up and I won't you know I just need that one one sort of in mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll work I'll work my ass off and that's what I've done since the age of 19 man and I I'm still I'm still that driven today if not even more do you know what I mean right, you know, just right. because I play with Jeff Lynn or you know the various other artists that I do I'm not I don't sort of I don't think for any second that I'm chilling not at all and the way i used to save back then is still the same way and okay so i get that let me put that aside for this and you know make sure my bills are taken care of and all of that and you know just try and try and be sensible you know there's times where as a kid growing up i'll be like oh, yeah i want to get that and i want to get that latest computer and i want to get that and you go oh god i've oh, spent a bit much or whatever and you know because on the same token you've you've still got on you've still got to enjoy the moments sure you know what i mean but but it's about i think it's about balance and really trying to think long term rather than short term you know so mm-hmm. um but i think a lot of that's a lot of that came with my upbringing you know being the youngest in the family and you know being the only one actually who who is the professional musician in the family so you know my 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 brothers are like businessmen and and teachers and things like that. So there's a lot that I've learned from them about, you know, savings and investments. And, you know, I sort of made it my duty to sort of learn about that sort of stuff as well. So, you know, for that, for this very reason, really. So, you know, Makes sense. try, try and, yeah, just try and try and make, try and make the right decisions really. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not been too bad. I've got to be honest. So, <laughs> yeah. And going back a little bit, like just summarizing some of the stuff that you were talking about, because I think it all, I think it all ties together. It's the idea of one, you know, understanding what's in front of you and understanding, you know, what are you good at? What can you capitalize on? Like, are are you good at building websites? Then maybe that's Mm. your, that's your foot in the door. You know, are you a good speaker? Are you a good writer? Whatever it is, or maybe you're the greatest drummer in the world too. It it all depends. Like what can you do? And then, and I think that, I think that it comes down to mindset and like, 
if you're determined, you will figure it out. And you will work hard and you'll, you know, you'll stay up late. You'll get up early. You'll get there early. You'll leave late. Whatever you got to do, you'll figure it out. You'll do your day job. You'll come home and, you know, work online or, or whatever it is. All of that reminded me of a conversation that I had with, uh, with Mike Johnston, the educator. And and we were saying, uh, and I was like, you know, what, what if you couldn't, what if you weren't able to make a living playing music? I said, what would you be doing? And he looked at me with, like a dead stare and he was like it wouldn't happen and i said what do you mean he was like i would figure it out no matter no matter what and it's like that's conviction yeah Yeah, man you know and i think and i think that and and maybe i don't want to get on my soapbox here but i think a lot of people i think a lot of people sit around and complain and are full of shit and they are wondering why things aren't happening for them. And I think that they're not yeah, doing yeah. anything. Yeah. There is, there is some of that. There is some, some, some people are just not as fortunate and stuff, but I, I'm very much of the opinion of, I believe that we, our own destiny is in our hands. And some, some people are just doers and some people aren't. And, you know, I used to, again, sim, you know, like you said, I, I used to get on my soapbox and go, yeah, but you, you know, you know, there's friends I went to school with and I'm like, yeah, but you guys, you know, you've got a maths degree and you've got this and they're like, yeah, but Don, you know, you've got a call. And I'm going, yeah, but I, I enjoy this and this is what I do. And, but what, you know, you went to school and you studied the, and I'm, you know, what are you doing with what you've got? You know, do you want to teach? Do you want to, and you sort of, I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to operate in your world. I, I you know, I know how to operate in mine because I've sort of, you know, really wanted to do this and, you know, made a point of, you know, working hard and continuing to work hard and, you know, like I said mm-hmm. earlier, try, try to make the right choices, you know, cause, you know, don't get me wrong, I've made a whole ton of mistakes, but I try and, you know, just try and try and do the best I can, man, you know, and yeah, ultimately, I think, you know, like I was saying earlier, when, you know, when you when you have kids, it puts a whole different perspective on things because yeah. they're relying they're relying on me, and I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, that responsibility in itself is I find is humongous. You know, um, and my my in fact, my kids and my wife have just in fact they're they're leaving in a couple of hours. They they came out to to New York and spent a week with me, and you know, they had an absolute blast. And just to That's be awesome. in a position where I can do that, you know, and go and check out the sites with the kids and whatever. And, you know, it's like that. I see that as they, they drive me. Do you know what I mean? It's like, right. you know, and I'm trying, I'm trying to think of their futures now. So it ain't even about me anymore. It's like, I work the way I do so they can have what they have and they, and I can give them their, their best start for them to do that. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, I've got a, I've got a balance you know, me providing for them with me, you know, sort of filling them up with enough, you know, good stuff and whatever, so they can be as driven, you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I, I definitely feel the weight of that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what keeps my head in the game all the time, really, you know, yep. just knowing that I'm doing it for them. Yeah. So and then I'm not telling anybody to go out there and just get kids and then that's the answer. Right. I just want to... <laughs> You know, disclaimer. But I'm 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 pretty motivated and I don't have any kids, so. (laughs) Well, there you go, so. Do you know why when you tune a drum, you're supposed to go diagonal across the drum? That's because your drum is flawed. I hate to break it to you, but your drum is flawed because of the way that the edge is. The typical edge doesn't allow the drum head to sit on it properly. So when you tighten down one lug, it causes the drum head to shift and pop up on the other side. That's why you have to tune it diagonally. But now with the new Sonicleer Edge from Mapex, that's a thing of the past. The Sonicleer Edge allows the head to sit flush. So it promotes ease of tuning, increased shell resonance, and optimal tonal clarity. So you're going to have to do a lot less work and get a lot greater sound. To learn more about the Sonicleer Edge, go to mapexdrums.com. Us drummers may sit at the back of the stage, but everyone knows the band revolves around us. Why? Because we set the tempo, the intensity, and most importantly, 
the tone. And the easiest way to set that tone is to play Evans Drumheads with Level 360 technology. Thanks to Level 360 technology, Evans Drumheads fit perfectly across the shell and allow for increased tension to help you find your sweet spot. Plus, they take you well beyond the normal tuning ranges for higher highs and lower lows. So now, the sound that you want will always be the sound that you get. To set the tone yourself, head over to EvansDrumheads.com. Let's get back into it with Donovan. When you were building your career, do you feel like you were calculated about it and, and sort of like you knew, Not I don't want to say you knew how you were going to get from one thing to the next, but did you, did you have a plan or were you like, look, I'm going to be the best drummer I can. I'm going to network with as many people as I can and I'm going to play my ass off and good things will happen. I think, yeah, it was definitely a mixture of that. Mm-hmm. those things and i was i say i don't know if calculated is how i would put it it was very much like understanding the moment you know seizing opportunities you know going that extra mile you know with the hope that good things would happen and come my way really there was a right. bit of that in you know um yeah that's i'd have to say that like i said i you know i feel I, I feel extremely blessed to be doing what I do. Um, and, but on the same token, I know that I've, I've worked incredibly hard, man. I, you know, whereas in my sort of formative years, friends of mine were going out partying and, you know, I was at home practicing and, or, or I'd be like, guys, I'm not going to come out this week cause I'm saving. And, you know, they'd be buying the latest, you know, video game or, the, the latest uh you guys call them sneakers and mm-hmm. oh, and i would be like you know well, what do you call I'm, them i'm cool we call them trainers trainers yeah. i like it i'm gonna yeah, start calling trainers. Them trainers um but we were like i was like you know what i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna save because i want to get that um, you know i'm paying i'm paying down on a new symbol or i'm saving up for that i remember the first drum kit i bought was uh 465 pounds which is about maybe $750. Mm-hmm. And I worked, I used to work in a hotel. I was like the bellboy in a hotel. And honestly, Nick, I worked every shift that came up. If people called in sick, they, my boss would call me. Mm-hmm. It was like, Don, yeah, there's I'll a spare it. shift. I'd be like, right, I'm there. And I remember I got to a point where on, on the weekend we would have, um, so we would have a wedding in this, in like one of the big sort of event rooms on a Saturday night. And then there would be like a sort of like an auction on the Sunday morning. So I would do, I would get to work about 4 p.m. in the evening, work the wedding reception till midnight, have an hour break, and then sort of work from sort of 1 a.m. right through to 7 in the morning. And I did that, oh God, it, it, well, it, it felt like a year, but it was probably about four or five months. But any time a double shift came up, um, they used to call them TTNs and, and the boss would say, anybody want to do any TTNs this month? And I was, def- I was just like, yeah, I'll do them. And my mom and dad were going, done, you know, you're doing too. I'm like, no, because I've seen this drum kit and I've started paying down on it and I just want to get it. Do you, do you know what I mean? And that was me. Right. It was like anything that I had to do to get my drums and get my cymbals and then get my cases for my drums and cases for my cymbals and then, you know, my electronics and my triggers and my drumsticks. I was like, well, what do I need to do to get them? So I was, you know, I took every shift going, you know, to the point where it was, it just became that thing. Oh, oh give, give Donovan a call. He'll come in. Right. So I'd be like at home, like getting ready just to like chill in for the night. Cause I'm obviously, I'm not going out because I want to save. And then the phone would ring, Don, can you be here by 7 a.m.? Like, call seven or 7 p.m.? And they would call me at like 5. I'm like, yeah, I'm there. Jump, you know, get up, get dressed. And I've gone to work to do another shift. And, you know, that was, it was, I was just that. And, and that was doing something that I didn't particularly enjoy, but it was, it was, it was doing something that was going to fund what it was I wanted to do. Do you know what I mean? So, of course. Yeah, man, he was, and that was me. That was me at that age, really. So, 
and, and I'll tell you, nothing much has changed, man, in terms of like how driven I am to get things done. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's definitely that mentality um, to do that, really. So, I think, so, like you said, so, there's yeah. people are some people are doers. You know. Like I, there's a buddy of mine who every time I see him and he's had like a little too much to drink, he's always like, I remember when we were all having parties and we would invite you and you would just stay home on Friday nights and play drums. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that was more important to me. Yeah, I guess. That was me, you know? man. That's me. <laughs> and it pays yeah, off though. Oh yeah, definitely. And like, like I said, you know, you asked me earlier if, if I see that and there's a few guys that I know, younger guys. You know, and like I've had the privilege of working with them and I'm like, guys, man, this is so strange for me because you remind me of myself, like that enthusiasm that I see you guys have. Like, I remember that and I'm, I'm still driven like that. And I'm like, I promise you that some good will come, you know, for, for that level of enthusiasm. It's not all in vain at all, man. Do you know what I mean? So, right. you know. Yeah, yeah, man. And then the thing is, you, the more people you meet, especially successful people, they have a similar story, man. And there's, there is definitely a common denominator with that. There's not a load of, you know, don't get me wrong. And, and, and you know, equally, there's, they have some really, you know, bad experiences or, you know, not so pleasant situations happen and stuff like that. And, you know, it's coupled with some real great achievements and, you know it sort of swings and roundabouts really but you tend to find that a lot of successful people are just driven and when everybody else was doing was doing the partying they were in their books or they were practicing their drums or practicing guitar or what have you so Mm -hmm. so yeah man it's uh it's one of those things the harder you work the luckier you get right that's it (laughs) speaking of getting lucky and i don't think it was necessarily luck but uh a you know, the fruits of your hard work. How did you get this gig with, with Jeff Lynn and ELO? So, okay. So as a band, as the backing band, we've worked with, we've worked together as a unit for, for 13 years. Um, this group of musicians and we, we play for a, our main gig is a, is a, is a band from the UK called take that, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, basically England's answer to, well, when they started England's answer to, uh, New Kids on the Block. It's a it's a pop gig, and we've all played together um, as a band for, for like I said, thirteen years. And outside of that band, um, outside of that particular band, we've we've done we we were the house band for um, a, a BBC um, show called Children in Need Rocks. It's like a, a charity gig where we play for multiple artists. Um, and they they have they had a show they have a show every every couple of years, um, and we were the backing band um, back in 2013, mm-hmm. and the headliner was Jeff Lynn. So we you know we we first met him in 2013, doing this show, and um, we just played a couple of tunes and like the reception he got, you know being back in the UK was just through the roof and the the. The host for that show, um, he's a, he's a radio DJ and he put this, he put like a shout out on the radio just saying, you know, you know, if, if Jeff Lynn decided to come back and do some shows, you know, you know, how many people would want to see him? And he just became this big old thing. So they, the BBC also do a festival called Party in the Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, no, sorry, called Festival in the Day. That was the following year, the following September. Um, and they asked him, they asked Jeff if he would headline it. Um, and bless him, Jeff was like, I'll do it on one condition that Mike Stevens and his team that I had for Children in Need would do it with me. Um, and, you know, obviously they got in touch. And again, as they say, the rest is history. And we did that show that was in Hyde Park and it was filmed and um, it just went on from there really. And, then and what year was that? Record. That was in 2014. Okay. Yeah. Live at Hyde Park. Um, and then he did a new record and then one thing led to another and, you know, we sort of became 
he sort of christened us the Electric Light Orchestra. So it's, you know, Jeff Lynne's Electric Light Orchestra, which is us. So, you know, when you think of the, the history of that band and what they achieved, it's, you know, it was it's just one of the biggest compliments you could, you could get as a musician when, you know, an artist like Jeff Lynne, you know, recognizes what you do and, and he personally asks for you, you know, it's, it's amazing. It's a massive deal, man. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, and it's, you know, we've, we've done a couple of tours now and honestly, Nick, I can't even begin to, to start playing it down. It is absolutely amazing. You know, the, the, the catalog of music that he has. And, you know, when you think about, his personal achievements as a as an artist, as a producer, as a songwriter, mm. and then to be sharing the stage with him, playing his music. Honestly, it's it's mind blowing. And to know that, you know, he's from the same city that I came from, I'm like, you know, where he was born and raised is was five miles. In fact three miles from where I was born and raised. It's, really? You know, it's yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, so it's it's honestly, again, I feel incredibly lucky, incredibly blessed to be doing a gig of this size and, you know, the, the sort of legacy that he has. You know, we do these venues and, you know, you're getting people like Paul McCartney turning up at the gigs and and Ringo Starr. You wow. know, we, we did a show at the, the Forum a couple of weeks ago and Jim Keltner was there. Jim oh. Keltner. And Stuart Copeland, and they nice. want to meet you. And I'm like, hold on, are you, are you saying Jim Countner, Stuart <laughs> Copeland want to say hello? Are you actually kidding me? And you I'm didn't. Like, you didn't say Stuart Cortland, did you? You said Stuart Copeland, right? Right. I You're was like, like, they would have beat me. Are you sure? I'm like, I went. We went back into the VIP afterwards. There they were. I'm like, oh my god. Oh That's my awesome. God. And I'm like, and they want to meet you. And cause they, obviously they're friends of Je they're like Jeff's peers. And I'm like, Oh my God. And you know, I've met Steve Ferrone. We, we, you know, we keep in touch and I'm like, you are the guys I was listening to growing up. And here you are, you know, at my gig, this is out of this world, you know? And That's so cool. like I was saying earlier, you sort of taking all these moments now. It's like, wow, I'm, I'm in this moment which is absolutely crazy. So, so yeah. Now, did you grow up listening to ELO? No, I didn't. No? I, I knew, I knew, uh, showdown evil woman and Mr. Blue Sky mm -hmm. just from just be like subconsciously, he would have been on in the house or on the radio. So when I heard those tunes, I made a connection then, but I became a fan like a real fan, obviously after I got the gig and I started just, you know, getting all the back catalogue and I'm like, Oh my God, this is, and then you sort of, you spread out and then you get into like Tom Petty and, you know, George Harrison and you're like, wow, this is all stuff that Jeff's involved in and Travis yeah. Wilbur is. And you're like, Oh my God, like what's going on here? Like this, the caliber and, and the, the sort of vastness of, of music. I'm like, so I, 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 I would throw my hands up and I'm say, I would say I'm one of the new fans and it excites me. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, this is, it's, it's crazy, man. Just what he was doing back then, you know, I think, yeah, I think that people, I think that people don't realize it. Like, no, I don't think I so. I think they don't real, like, I, I mean, those who know, know, but I don't think that most people realize how much stuff Jeff has worked on and produced, oh, like yeah. you said, and he's a songwriter and he has his own hits and like, it's just, yeah, yeah. It's insane. My, one his, of my friends, body of um, he's, he's, one of my friends is the drummer for, um, Nicole Scherzinger mm -hmm. and, and she, she does one of the, the Pussycat Girls tunes called, I think it's called Beep, I think the tune's called. And it starts with this like reverse sample, like a string reverse sample. And my friend, he, when he was programming the song, he says, Don, I've got a sample here and it says evil woman sample. And I'm, he was like, is this, do you recognize this sample? And he played it to me and I was like, yeah, that's, that's from Jeff Lynn's track, um, Evil Woman. 
So I played him the song with the sample in. He was like, "No way!" And like, <laughs> I've heard that that Pussycat um, Girls tune, Pussycat Dolls tune, you know, a million times, but never, never made the it. association until he, that particular moment. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's that's the sample from that section of the song." And I'm like, and that's something that's completely removed from an ELO, you know, an ELO um, genre. You know what I mean? So yeah. And then you start to you know, obviously doing a gig like this, you start to meet the people who he's influenced as well. So, you know, we had a UK band called The Feeling who were out on tour with us. And, you know, there's um, Tom Chaplin, who's the front man from uh, Keen, another UK band. And then we on t- uh, the support band who's on tour with us is Doors. You know, they're influenced by him. And you sort of meet all these people and they're like, yeah, you know, ELO influenced that music. And then you start to make references. So as you're hearing, as I'm hearing more and more of the records, I'm like, this sounds like such and such. And you're just like, oh, wow, okay, cool. This guy, you know, you have, you, you place him, you know, with the Beatles and, you know, all of those kind of caliber of artists, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. this is me as a new fan who's finding this stuff out, do you know what I mean? And it's yep. like, I can honestly tell you that I'm, I'm genuinely enjoying the journey, you know. That's awesome. Getting into his catalog, definitely. It's like an onion too. You start peeling back all these layers. I'm sure, and you're like, "Oh my god, I didn't know this and this." It's like I went to my wife and I went to see uh, Hall Notes last week, and or maybe two weeks ago. And like, I grew up listening to them, but then when you're at the concert, you're like, oh my God, I forgot about this hit and this hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I forgot they even wrote that song. You know, it's like, it's amazing some of these, some of these legacy artists that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Just don't realize. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so yeah, it's been a great experience for me, definitely. And one of the, it's definitely up there in the top five, maybe even three things that I've done. You know, just to be a part of something, you know, with, with, you know, with the level of legacy that is behind this, it's, it's, it's an awesome thing. Of course. So what's on tap for the future for you? Who knows? Who knows? So there's, (laughs) you know, we, we, this is, um, so this is the last night of the, the U S leg of the tour. Um, and we travel back to the UK for a couple of maybe 10 days up. And then the tour goes into Europe. Um, and then after Europe, we do the UK. And then we go back to do the other band I was telling you about, Take That. Mm-hmm. They've got another tour lined up for next year. And then there's talks of more ELO stuff next year. So, yeah, that's it. And just like I said earlier, just building my company. I'm you know, working with a few new artists and mm-hmm. You know, just just trying to stay active, man, more than anything at all. I like it. Stay active, really. That's the name of the game, right there. Definitely. Well, I want to. uh, I want to thank you for taking the time to chat, man. I know that that your schedule has been busy, especially with your with your wife and kids there. So I appreciate you doing that. No problem, man. I especially hope that my hometown of Philadelphia takes care of you tonight. It's a good place. Oh, it's man. a good energy. Uh, it's a good energy town. And sometimes we, we may get a bad rap because we uh, we're horrible sports fans, but, uh, but it's, <laughs> it's a good, it's a good, I don't know if you've heard the stories, but ask around about, you know, the Eagles and, and not the band, like the Philadelphia Eagles football team and, uh, and Santa Claus and you, batteries you won, and all sorts of stuff. The, did you win the, um, Yes, we the did. Super Bowl, right? Yes, we right. did. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. But there was like some great. But there's some bad sports moments where we like threw snowballs at Santa and all kinds of different stuff. Oh so. no! Oh my yeah. god! All right. It's a ruthless. Right. It's it's a ruthless uh, sports town. To, it's a fanatic town for sure. But, okay. Uh, yeah, it's all right. right. But so, I mean, so there's some incredible out. drummers from here, though, right? Yeah, Lil so John Brian Roberts Fraser, is from there. From, Brian Fraser yeah, yeah. Moore is from there. Quest Love is from Spanky. there. Spanky's right. from there. Um, yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, uh, I'm missing Lil John, right? Lil John's from there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Wow. Uh, I got Byron Landham, who's a who's a well known jazz drummer, plays with Joey right. Francesco a lot. He's from there. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot. Plus, like uh, Chuck Treese is there. He's like a Philly legend. Uh, there you go. Yeah. A lot of Philadelphia. Hall and Oates are from Philadelphia too. Right so, there you go. You yeah. see, 
it's a great it's a great music town man and, and so hopefully they uh hopefully they treat you well tonight but yeah, i'm sure they sure will. will yeah but thank you again man i really do appreciate no it i appreciate all the time place, and i appreciate uh all of the all the inspiring words that you had so thank you so much no, have a great show no tonight worries. break a leg and safe travels all right thanks man much love thanks brother appreciate it That was Donovan Hepburn. That was super inspiring as far as I'm concerned. He had a ton of just practical knowledge of, okay, here's what you want to do. Then you got to sort of eliminate the excuses. You got to use the things that you're good at. You got to use your skill set and you got to go out and get it. And it may not be touring around the world playing drums or it may be. It's different for every single person. But I love the idea of dealing with what you have, being grateful for the things that you have and working towards the other things that you want. If you dug that, please let him know. You can check him out on social media and all that stuff, or leave some comments. Go to drummersresource.com forward slash session 425. You can leave all your comments there. I always interact with them, and I love reading those comments as well. And I would appreciate it. And until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll be talking to you soon. Peace.